the city of Synodicia disappeared within the desert of Elysia, along with its inhabitants. Only a few lucky souls escaped, including an elf named Kalmir, who had been captured by barbarian invaders. Now he has returned with a woman and a dwarf to uncover what has become of his homeland and its people. They've located the city half buried in the sands, and a great pyramid rising out of the middle. Within this structure, they found three factions of people. One, an order of warrior men. One, an order of warrior maidens. And one, an order of magi. All of them vying for power. By the time they had met the third of these groups, Kalmir had had enough, and he demanded that all three find common ground and unite against their common enemy, Zargon. Zargon was a beast so powerful, he was believed to be a god. Some said he could unite the evil creatures of the world for another attack upon the lands of Thallus to bring another Age of Darkness. It seemed that this monster had made its home within the pyramid, and from there was forming its vile plans. Neither Kalmir the elf, nor Kybek the dwarf, nor Indiana Jane the woman were going to let that happen. But despite their efforts, the pyramid had claimed one life, Kybek the dwarf, whose soul was taken by a cleric bent on revenge and was then slain by his brother. Now, there remains only two, one still seeking to unite his people, and the other searching for the heart of the mystery at the center of this pyramid. Welcome to RPG Storytime, the series where we bring you tales crafted on the tabletops of role-playing games. Today, we have the third chapter of Indiana Jane and the Lost City of Synodicia. This was an adventure for the first edition Dungeons and Dragons written by Tom Mulvey and published by TSR back in 1982. The players were Terry Smith, Joel Johnson, and Trevor Vale, and it was game mastered by Jeff MacArthur. And now, on with our story. No one in the room was interested in Jane or Kalmir, so the pair rested against the wall. They didn't get much rest. The noise was loud, but even more importantly, their spirits were low. Neither had known Kybek for long, but losing a companion had hit them hard. Jane noticed that many of the gamblers were losing money, then gaining it, then losing it again in a constant loop that they didn't seem to know that they were in. She considered breaking the cycle, but the people didn't seem to want to come out of their days. And why should they? They seemed happy, more than Jane and her companion could claim. When they had rested enough, the two explorers got up and went to Kybek. They had nothing in which to wrap him except the cloak that had ultimately taken his life. They were, however, in a tomb. So they turned the cloak around so that it was covering his face and torso, then carried it back up to the floor above them, where a coffin with several holes now lay empty. They lay the body inside, then returned to the bottom floor. Standing at the T-intersection just past the first secret door, they decided that turning left might bring them to the center of the base of the pyramid, this seemed like a logical place to go to learn the final secrets of the pyramid, and the lost city itself. Perhaps Indiana Jane could find something to take back to the museum that would explain this place, and Kalmir could locate something that would help his people reclaim their city. The corridor curved to the right and ended at the door. Kalmir opened it and found that he was on the easternmost edge of a wide chamber that held three toppled statues, that of the Madura, the Samigaras, and the Magi, three factions of the Synodicians. This be one end of the ceremonial chamber, except the majority of it was blocked off by a cave-in just 30 feet ahead of them, just past the statues. A gap lay in the rubble along the west side through which remainder of the chapel would be able to be seen. Jane gave it a moment. She first looked over the statues. They had been marred on top of having been toppled. Zogon, Kamir said. 
and Jane agreed. They heard movement from beyond the rubble. Jane pulled her crossbow, and Calmer grabbed his scimitar. They crept along the rubble until they reached the gap and peered around the corner. They found a large, high-arched ceiling chamber, which was clearly a place of worship. On each side of the broad center aisle were rows of high-backed wooden benches. Narrow aisles along the walls ran past ornate mosaics to two small fountains set into the walls. At the far end, a wide corridor led to what was once the entryway, but was now covered by caved-in sand. Along each wall at the far end were doorways that led to other areas of the pyramid. But what really caught the pair's attention were the two individuals in the center of the room. They wore brightly colored robes and fox masks made of bronze. Flaming red hair emerged from the back of their heads. One was smaller, and her bosomed figure implied that it was a woman, and the other appeared to be a man. They had been conversing privately, but upon the two explorers' appearance, they turned towards the pair. Jane and Calmir froze for a moment, uncertain what to do. Neither felt the urge to draw their weapons. The masked figures did not appear to be hostile, and even seemed like they might be Synodicians. They decided instead to come out of hiding and try to speak with them. Jane greeted them in common, and Calmir greeted them in an older form of Synodician. The others greeted back in both languages, the man in common and the woman in Synodician. They approached the adventurers amiably. Their faces could not be seen. Their voices implied, though, that they were smiling, welcoming. Jane and Calmir stepped into the room, and the foursome shook hands. At first the words were clear between them, but it didn't take long before the words of the masked figures grew hazy. They were still amicable, yet disjointed and distant. Then time seemed to grow hazy, and the room around them fell out of focus. For both Calmir and Jane, it seemed as though they were part way between wakefulness and sleep. One moment they were standing, the next they were lying on their back, the next they were erect again, though they felt light as feathers. Their heads floated as though on a cloud. Jane tried to swim, though she couldn't move her arms. She tried to move her head to look, though it bobbed slowly, as though on top of a pool. Calmir saw the female fox appear as though out of a cloud of mist, and Jane saw the male one. They had previously appeared like bronze masks, but now they came at them like soft faces. Jane and Calmir stretched out their necks to kiss them, and their lips met wet caresses. They each pulled away, and their host did too, smiling. Jane finally dropped her head low enough to look down. She found that her arms were bound. Swinging her head to the side, she saw that her arms were tied up to an arm behind her. Stretching her eyes as far to the side as they would go, she saw that the rope attached to Calmir behind her. She stretched out her fingers and found his. Grasping them, she shook. Yes, he said, as though in a euphoric daze. Jane didn't know what to say yet. She shook her head to pull herself from her daze. She heard a male voice say, he, he, it's wearing off. Then a female voice said, It's time. The vision in Jane's eyesight cleared, and she saw the robed man she had seen earlier with the fox mask before her, although now large amounts of fur crept out from beneath the mask. He was now wielding a bronze sword. Calmir, wake up! Jane shouted. Calmir groaned. He, he, it, it is time the man said. The male and female held their swords in stabbing formations. Calmir awoke to find the blade sliding toward him. Both he and Jane called out for them to stop, but the masked duo were chanting some form of ceremonial cadence. The sharp blades touched their bellies and stabbed into them. Their metal frames slid through their skin, and their blood began to flow under the blades.
the slow speed of the movement matched the rhythm of the chants. Jane and Calmere screamed and cried together, their hands now grasping one another, prepared for the end. Then their screams were replaced by that of the foxes as arrows flew into their chests. Then sword blades hurled through the air and removed their heads. The sisterhood of Madura and the brotherhood of Usamigaras had come. Then clerics entered the room from the old entrance, chanting their spells. But then men and women in rainbow robes, the magi, entered behind their warrior colleagues casting their own, and a flurry of magical missiles dispatched the religious leaders. The ceremonial swords fell to the floor, and Jane and Calmere were freed. The three factions of our kingdom have not fought for ages uncounted, one of the magi said. But now we fight as one, one of the brotherhood said. We shall root out all who follow Zargon and destroy them where they hide, said one of the sisterhood. And I shall be part of you, Kalmir exclaimed. Then, remembering his friend next to him, he grabbed Indiana Jane and proclaimed, And she shall join us as well. Huzzah! came a shout from the crowd, and they murmured among themselves about what they would do to the followers of Zargon. Jane pulled Kalmir aside and said, I won't be coming with you. What do you mean? Kalmir said, surprised. We have come so far and discovered so much. Yes, but I've gotten what I came for, Jane explained. How is that possible? Kalmir argued. We have not yet laid eyes on the lost city still buried somewhere beneath this pyramid. I know it's there, Jane said. I need not see it to report it. I've seen the remains of the original city on the surface. I've explored the pyramid, and I'll return with some treasures. That will be enough. Calmer tried to protest, but Jane interrupted. They look to you now for leadership, Calmer. You are the son once lost to the wild folk invaders, now returned to unite the clans. Together, you will find the lost city, and rebuild. I have no doubt of that. Kalmir had no retort to that logic. Looking at the members of the three factions who were all chatting with one another, he realized he had an opportunity here. More Kalmirians were below ground in a city built under the pyramid, and they would find them, and they would slay the beasts that had enslaved them much as dragons had done before. He held his hand forth, and Indiana Jane grasped it. They thrust their torsos toward one another in friendship and recognition of the adventure they had shared together. It would be, perhaps, the last time they would see one another, Either one or the other would likely meet their demise on some adventure before their paths would cross again, or Kalmar would be victorious, and Jane would live long enough to return and find him crowned king of the three nations brought together again as one. However it may be, Jane bid her farewell, and she headed up the pyramid, escorted by a member of the Brotherhood of the Asumigaras, who made their home near the top. They followed the exact path they had taken in, lest they should stumble upon dangers they had not come across. They leaped over the pit in the intersection and passed the scraps of gargoyles Kybeck had slain while under the cloak's spell. They climbed the ladder and followed the trail of the map backwards, bypassing the rolling stone that had nearly squashed them. Back at the ramp, they returned to Tier 3, and they twisted through the corridors reaching the twisting hallway. No one pushed any buttons, and they were able to stroll to the second doorway at the end of the hall, and they passed through. Jane could not resist. After they had walked past the door... She reached her hand back in and pressed a button, causing the door to shut and, as she could hear, the room to the twist on its own, without riders. Twisting around the hall and heading up the stairs, they passed the secret entrance that Jane had discovered, and she pointed out the varying height of the torch that triggered it. Grateful, the brothers thanked her and stated they would be changing that in the future.
They reached three statues that one could get into and climbed to the top. There, Jane saw once again that the secret entrance had been wedged open by a simple hobgoblin who had been shot by an arrow. All that had come to pass was because of this fluke incident. Indiana Jane stepped out into the warm sun. She had forgotten how hot it was, even at this hour of sunset as the sun reached the bedsheets on the horizon. But she was free of the horror and the death. Calmere was not. He was quite likely already engaged in a battle on the floors beneath, fighting for the freedom of Synodicea and gaining the adoration of his people. It would be time to report back to Gavish with her findings and to show her boss what she had located, something she would not have been able to do if she had not pressed her luck and died as Kybeck had done. He had, in fact, opened up a new world to Jane, something she should find time to explore in the future. A lost tribe of the dwarves had traveled down in this direction, never to be seen again. The shore people of the north had sent out several exploratory expeditions, but she had never heard of one traveling directly south past the beasts of the lost lands. However it may be, Jane bid her farewell, and she headed up the pyramid, escorted by a member of the Brotherhood of the Asumigaras, who made their home near the top. They followed the exact path they had taken in, lest they should stumble upon dangers they had not come across. They leaped over the pit in the intersection, and passed the scraps of gargoyles Kybeck had slain while under the cloak's spell. They climbed the ladder, and followed the trail of the map backwards, bypassing the rolling stone that had nearly squashed them. Back at the ramp, they returned to Tier 3, and they twisted through the corridors reaching the twisting hallway. No one pushed any buttons, and they were able to stroll to the second doorway at the end of the hall, and they passed through. Jane could not resist. After they had walked past the door, she reached her hand back in and pressed a button, causing the door to shut and, as she could hear, the room to the twist on its own, without riders. Twisting around the hall and heading up the stairs, they passed the secret entrance that Jane had discovered, and she pointed out the varying height of the torch that triggered it. Grateful, the brothers thanked her and stated they would be changing that in the future. They reached three statues that one could get into, and climbed to the top. There, Jane saw once again that the secret entrance had been wedged open by a simple hobgoblin who had been shot by an arrow. All that had come to pass was because of this fluke incident. Indiana Jane stepped out into the warm sun. She had forgotten how hot it was, even at this hour of sunset as the sun reached the bedsheets on the horizon. But she was free of the horror and the death. Calmere was not. He was quite likely already engaged in a battle on the floors beneath, fighting for the freedom of Synodicea and gaining the adoration of his people. It would be time to report back to Gavish with her findings, and to show her boss what she had located, something she would not have been able to do if she had not pressed her luck and died as Kybeck had done. He had, in fact, opened up a new world to Jane, something she should find time to explore in the future. A lost tribe of the dwarves had traveled down in this direction, never to be seen again. The shore people of the north had sent out several exploratory expeditions, but she had never heard of one traveling directly south past the beasts of the Lost Lands. That would be a venture for another time. For now, the Synodicians rounded up a camel for her and provisioned it to go. Jane climbed atop the animal and turned towards her escorts. They saluted her in their way, and she saluted back. Then she set her eyes forward, west by northwest, out of the desert, and past the Devil's Spine, back towards her version of home. This has been a presentation of RPG Storytime, Dungeons & Dragons, a playthrough of The Lost City, the first edition, back in 1982. This has been a dramatization of an adventure played by a group of players several years after its release. As you might have noticed, there is more to the module than was performed, but this is where it ended. Calmer still has a long way to go, however, with his followers, 
so their further adventures will be played and performed in the months to come. Jane continued her adventures as well, though in a completely different area. Brought up again by its player, the character had a rebirth in later editions, making for her continued voyages within the world of what we now call Njipa. This will be portrayed later as well, and have been started on our YouTube channel by the same name, where you can find more of our adventures. You can also read books by the writer and game master of these stories by going to bandwagononline.com. Join us here next week as we bring you more tales from RPG tables across the globe. We hope you enjoyed it, and happy gaming, everybody.